So welcome to Decapod, where every week we discuss pop culture throughout the decades. Um, this week we are covering 1999, the final in our instalment of the 90s. Not the final episode altogether, because we do have some very special episodes coming up, but it is the final of the sort of the yearly reviews. And I feel like I want to take a moment, it feels appropriate to take a moment and say thank you to, to the host of the show, Emma Morgan. <laughs> Uh, it's been uh, an absolute pleasure the last 10 or 11 episodes and whatnot. Um, I've had an absolute blast, and it's always fun doing this show. And also, you do a smashing job. So, yeah, it just felt appropriate to say something nice to the to the host of the show. Oh, you know, I can't do it without my sidekick, can I? But, you know, so it's great that you show up and you press some buttons, <laughs> both, both from a technological and a kind of press mic. Uh, buttons when you make your film choices but no I agree it's been it has been so much fun and we always said that we'd start doing it and as long as we were having a laugh we were happy to sort of carry on but I've been really sort of bowled over by the kind of reception it's got our Magnificent Seven are beautiful beautiful people it's a wonderful group uh, that we have as well and it's kind of that's been a really lovely thing that's come out of this as well um as well as just like discovering weird talents we've got like i now i'm a phenomenal lip syncer i mean now i've discovered that about myself i'm overjoyed yeah <laughs> um yes well done on being a phenomenal lip syncer <laughs> I'm sure I agree with that. Uh, I hope that, that uh, you all, uh, all, all listening are enjoying it as well. I'm sure you actually get some lovely feedback from you all. But I do want to mention at the start of this show, um, just just as I ask you this question, Amber, I want you to remember the nice introduction I'll just give you and with all the praise. Do I need to make that apology for last week? Yes. Oh, fuck. Um, all right, so <laughs> last week we had a bit of a debate about where the royal family was set. I said Liverpool and Emma said Manchester. And and I'm not going to lie, it's messed in my head a bit. I'd, I've been, I'd been listening to some conspiracy podcasts recently and I've been sort of <laughs> listening about the Mandela effect, which, you know, if you don't know, it's where you think something's happened and it hasn't really happened because we're in a different timeline, much like the multiverse of Marvel. Um, oh, oh, can we talk about that for a bit? Why? What about oh. it? It's boring. Um, <laughs> so I did say at the start of the show that there's going to be more episodes coming up. <laughs> there may not be. That's like a dagger in the heart. <laughs> wow. I'm so wow. fed up with superhero stuff. It's just everywhere. And they're all so long. It's And you know, the worst one I ever went to see was um, Batman versus Superman. I know that's not Marvel, but that was so boring that I <laughs> excused myself to go to the toilet just so I could go on my phone and go on social media. And I, about 20 minutes, just to cut 20 minutes out of that film. I agree wholeheartedly with the Batman versus Superman thing. It's utter nonsense and tripe. And, and I, I went to see that cinema, and after cinema, I somehow managed to convince myself it was good. And bought the extended edition Blu-ray when it came out, and then slept for about seven hours of that. Um, you know, I'm trying. I currently watched a four-hour edition of Justice League, the Zack Snyder cut, and I think I'm an hour through, and I watch it about seven minutes at a time. I just want to see what the difference is. But either way, um, have I got out of doing my apology? 
Not really. Oh, right, okay. But yeah, so the Mandela effect, it's where you think one thing and then other things happen and all that kind of stuff. I don't understand how it's not set in Liverpool. How is it not set in Liverpool? They're all Scouse. It's a <laughs> Liverpool... all Scouse. Well, most of them are Scouse. I do not... My, it, it doesn't comprehend. It's, no. it's... No, it's hurting my brain. No, but it, do you know... Right, so what it is, is that Jim and Barbara, Ricky Thompson and Sue Johnston, famous couple, famous for being a married couple on Brookside, very much set in Liverpool. And I think that's what it is. So you've got those two. But uh, it's just this weird concept where people can move. So they can be from somewhere and they could go and move down to another city and then bring their kids up there. And then their kids have probably got more Manchester accents than them. That can also be something that happened to this family. In Anthony Scouse or Ralph Little, isn't he Scouse? No, he's definitely doing Manchester. And Dave's very like um, Manchester. So she as well. It still hurts my brain. So I yeah. do. I do get it. They they've got no. If they wanted you to think that Jim and Barbara are from Manchester, they did a terrible job. And I get the impression that Ricky Tomlinson probably just said, "I don't do accents." So that's that. I mean, does he do an accent when he's in um, that? that Midlands movie, that manager movie, because that's like set in Nottingham. So if he's still a scouser in that, it's because he literally can't do any of her accents. Is it Mike Bassett, England manager? Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't remember. Right. Either way, you know, I made a mistake. It was an honest mistake. It wasn't like you were a bang on about, how, you know, whatever. But yes, if I offended anyone by confusing scouser and Mancunian, then I apologise. Wasn't very heartfelt. I don't really mean it, but whatever. It's fine. I had my moment by screenshotting the Wikipedia page on the on the Monday afterwards. So I've had my moment. I regret that actually because I screenshot it at like one o'clock in the morning. And I'm not going to send it to her now. And then when I got up the next day, you sent it to me. <laughs> oh, I'll give you your moment. I'm annoyed at that. <laughs> well, don't worry. Wait for the film bit. There might be an apology coming from me. <laughs> Fair enough. You got that to look forward to. <laughs> um, well, let, let's bring it to to point then. So today, to nineteen ninety nine. What are your initial, without giving too much away? What are your initial thoughts of nineteen ninety nine? Yeah, pretty strong, stronger than I was expecting it to be. Particularly in like the music, the music kind of area. Um, TV is quite interesting, and I've got a couple of TV things that. I'm so interested to see if you were a fan of them or are a fan of them. And we're going to fall out with the film, so just know it. Um, so that's going to be spicy at the end. Yeah, uh, I agree with the music. Um, there, there was a, a lot of stuff. Uh, sorry, music and films, there were a lot of stuff there that I really, really had a hard time narrowing down at 10. The TV, I, I think I had like 11 and managed to knock that one off and get down at 10, but it wasn't epic. But we'll come on to that. So music... Uh, we, we've stuck to his normal theme. I've, I've not planned anything. Do you want to? Do you want to go first with music? I can go first. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. So I'm going to start with. Uh, I've got National Express, Divine Comedy. I adore Divine Comedy. Been been see them live, or been see him live. That's just a good fun song. It's probably not representative of the best work, to be honest, but it's still good because it's got the lyric "When your ass is the size of a small country" in it. <laughs> So that's good. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, 
kicking off with that one and we're also going to go with we've both mentioned that we're fans of this band before going with we like to party Venger boys i don't have the Venger <laughs> boys in mind oh i just love like Again, I think I use this word a lot, but it is pretty joyous to have a song that goes hung, 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 as it's, as it's And I just, uh, yeah, we like to party. Um, I'm going to like, yeah, I'm going to tone myself down a bit. I can't. There's too much to do. There's too many impressions to do. And I've, it's my last episode to do things like this. So, yeah, there's this episode there's impressions of plenty come in right so uh, yeah we like to party venga boys i've also got love struck by madness i remember this album coming out this was the tour i went to see so this is quite special for me this is my first ever gig and i went to the beautiful hometown that i now have of birmingham to go to it and i've got a mildly traumatic story to share <laughs> that happened at this gig so it's at the nia um, or was it the NEC? It might have been at the NEC actually. Either way, an arena gig, right? So big. So me and my friend that went was 17 and went, and we're in the seated bit. And so when you think of a madness fan, what kind of stereotype would spring into your mind? I don't know, actually. I think if I'm thinking madness, I tend to think male. Male, probably. I- Skinhead, bit scar, that bit of kind a jock. of thing. Bit of a jock. Uh, I, I think Dr. Martin Boots, a bit argy-bargy, yeah, when they get going, particularly when they do some of the more upbeat numbers, right? So we are surrounded by Madness fans of this. Ill. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. They're there. They're there for a good time, right? And they are literally, like, baggy trousers comes on. They're jumping <laughs> everywhere, right? And me and, my, me and my mate, 17 years old, and we're up and we're dancing in the seat. And I've got a guy sat next to me or stood next to me at that point and he's with his wife and they've brought their son and their son's probably like 10 or 11 now because we're doing that and it's a it's a packed out um arena i'm nudging in to this guy a bit when i'm when i'm doing the baggy trousers dance and i swear that this guy grabbed me by the scruff of my collar pulled me towards him i went if you barge into me again and make me knock my son, I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> and I spent the rest of the gig like, I don't like it here. <laughs> and it was just this thing of like just seeing all these other punks, like literally tipping beer over each other, thinking, I wonder if you'd have said that to them. You've said it to this scrawny little 17-year-old girl, but you didn't say it to them. And it's 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 always really stuck with me. That and the fact that on the way out. I dropped my program and it fell under the seats, but like really high up. So I never got my program back from it. See, I, I were laughing then, but only because you were, because I yeah. don't feel like I want to take the cut of that because that's quite, that is a genuine traumatic story. <laughs> that's really unpleasant. <laughs> I don't like that, man. I hope he fell over on the way out. <laughs> But the thing is, I get it. But now I'm a mum. If I took my son to something like that, I would would have to accept he's going into an environment that is for over, probably over 15s, I bet that gig was at least, that he's going to, you know, you're going to get bumped into or you need to make sure you're wet. I don't know. It's just, it's always that many. And I've never, I'm not a massive fan of music gigs, not just because of him, but because of the Archie Bar. I think it's like always 
So, so anyway, sorry, I feel like I brought the town down. I try and tell that as quite a funny story, but maybe it's not as funny as I think it is. I think you made it humorous, but it's got a very sinister undertone. I think <laughs> I think you're right, though. It could you either you either take your kid and accept that there's gonna be some argy bargy, or you maybe just say to a bloke next to you, I know you're having fun, I get it, but can we just try and bump that way a little bit? Yeah. You know, and you know, I mean, oh god. I'll tell all this story. I might edit this one out. Um, but for amusement's sake, I uh, went to see Liverpool play Newcastle once with my brother. And um, we're both from Leeds, Yorkshire. like so. And, and we sat in Liverpool and we're all Scousers. And I'm sat here, my brother's on my left, and they've got this Scouser on my right who just keeps spitting. All through thing kept spitting. All, all of a sudden, my brother just like thrusts his programme into my lap, leans across me and says to this lad that signed me, he says, if you don't stop spitting, I'm going to levy or something like that. And lad just kind of were a little bit taken aback and then he waited a minute. Then he started threatening me and he kept saying, oh. hey, I'm going to bladder you. I'm going to bladder you. And I just Ooh. thought bladder was some kind of word for, you know, knocking me out. But apparently it means actually stab you in your bladder, which was quite nice. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> which was quite nice. And then... Um, so when I kind of, I think my brewer must have told me that. So then I got a bit annoyed and I'm like to the lad, hold on. It's just like, why are you saying it to me? Why are they, you know, what's this? And um, my brother grabbed hold of me and went, Terry, leave it. I'm thinking, you've started it. It's just the friends of mine. Now you're telling me to leave it. And then the best thing of all, like it's like pure Harry Enfield sketch. The lad next to the lad next to me were going, calm down, calm down. Oh, my God. Which was brilliant. But anyway, I didn't get bladdered. So that was a bonus. That's a horrible phrase. I would have not thought that that's horrendous. All right. Well, this is how innocent me and you are. This is a problem. I know. I know. Okay. Well. It's still a good song, Love Struck. And I do really love it. It's like the story of being drunk. So you've fallen in love with a lamppost because you don't know what's here and there. And that's a, it's a really good, I love Madness. And that's a really great album. Um, so I've also got um, Flat Beats, um, Mr. Wazzo. Oh, was that like, did that like have some kind of puppet on it? <laughs> Yeah. And guess what? I should have brought him down. I've got one. Flat <laughs> Eric. Um, he was yellow. Um, and I can confirm, I don't even know what possessed me to show my son this, but my four-year-old son absolutely loves it. And at the start of the video, it's great because the video is like in this office and he's like got the phone, but he makes the most amazing noise. He kind of goes, wap, wap, like that. And then it's like, um, and it's probably just noise to so many people, but I really love that song. It's that whole love it. And then you've got to hold the phone. And if you go clubbing when that's on, because obviously they would still play it, you've got to hold your hand in the air like you've got your phone in your office. Yeah, I'm not doing any of those things. No, okay, okay, that's fine. At the at the Decca Disco, um, oh, I shall lead on that bit. I'm not um, going clubbing. I'm not dancing to that song. I'm not holding <laughs> my phone up for that. I'm not listening to that song. That's like the that? crazy frog song. No, it's it annoying is not. like that. Yeah. Good. We got a crazy frog rendition as well. Shouldn't have mentioned it. Um, I've got um I Try by Macy Gray. I'm gonna spare people that impression. 
I can probably do that a minute, although I think my voice is getting a little bit better now. A few weeks ago, that's just how I spoke. <laughs> that's another person where I think she's still really big in America, but it's like you felt like she was just going to be sort of dominant in the charts. And I wouldn't say a one-hit wonder, but I only know that song by her, for that might just be reflective yeah. of me. Um, I've also got... Um, pretty fly for a white guy by offspring because it's one of those you know what this is going to be because there's so many different parts you could do so I like the give it to me baby um, and it's a it, they're funny lyrics the whole thing like it goes for us to when he asks for 41 and all stuff like that I really I think it's a really great song and I think it's also you can really feel American rock really sort of getting into the mainstream. I know you've had Green Day and stuff like that, and obviously you have Nirvana at the start of the decade, but that more fun punk rock sort of getting into the UK, that's quite exciting. And I think the thing with that song is, and I think this has applied to me a, a couple of times over the last couple of weeks slash years, in that I like some of the stuff they did after, but I can only remember that song. Yeah, There was one the other week, I think it was uh, Spaced, where I said they'd only done this, not one song that I knew, and you only said two or three. I was like, oh, I remember them now, but I can't remember them. I just, that one song, even though I liked those at the time, the one song sticks out. Yeah, and the um, so I would have never accredited to them, but there's Why Don't You Get a Job yeah. by them as well. But again, it's because it appeared in a list. I'd have never have known that if I hadn't seen it. So yeah, really like that one. I've got i've got she's the one she's the one by robbie williams i think is my all-time favorite robbie williams song i think it's beautiful i love the video for it. it's the ice skating video i like the words um it's just proper soppy really lovely you've now got me thinking what my favorite robbie williams song is i'm, I'm always tempted to say angels but i think that's the one that first brought me into robbie um I do like She's the One. We're going forward a bit now, but I really like Feel. Um, and I love, not Love Somebody, uh, Rock DJ. I do like Love Somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think my favourite Robbie Williams song will be uh, Only You Know Me. Oh, I don't think I know that one, which feels on the ironic side. <laughs> I'm waiting for a Lannis Morissette reference now. That was. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm waiting for you to say her name. But you know, no, I'd kind of put, a, I've got a beanie hat on, so I kind of look a bit <laughs> like her. <laughs> you look like her because you've got a beanie hat on. I've got a jumper on, I look like Brad Pitt. It's truth. brilliant. Absolute truth. Uh, yeah, what's that Robbie song where the, when they did the video, it was like it was pop um, X Factor? Because I think that's one of the best videos. I, I love that song as well, but I can't remember it. I could just remember the video. Now you've said it, I can fix the video, but I don't yeah. know the song. I want to say "Love Somebody," but I, that I don't think that's right. Whether the, I don't know. I'm going to do. I'm going to have to do research, and I'll find out what that is. But yes, she's the one. Robbie Williams. It's a beautiful song, and I, I just think the music video is amazing. Like it blows my mind how they did it. Like how much of that was him ice skating and. You know, you think about 1999, we weren't quite there with superimposing people and things like that where we are now. So I like that one. Um, So notable for today because the next song really inspired me. (laughs) 
to a point where I took my my son got a scooter today and I took him to a park and the light was good in the park so I made a music video and it was to Alice DJ want you back in my life hi Alice DJ I absolutely me and my friend Steph and I dedicated my music video to Steph we used to drive around in her mini metro and we used to put Alice she had the Alice DJ album and we used to play it and we loved it and uh, it, I've just got really good memories of it and I used to have a video camera and I used to make music videos in her car going like riding through town so she used to put a music up so loud so that was the soundtrack um, and I wish I still had it, but I got burgled, um, and the burglars took some burglars somewhere with my amazing music videos that I used to make when I was 17 to Alice DJ. I mean, on one hand, you're making the show really sad, bringing all these <laughs> sad stories into it. On the other, I just, I don't love to see their faces when they wonder what's on this video. Is it some kind of sex tape? You know, just imagine burglar banging it in and then just seeing your homemade music videos to Alice DJ. They were good. They were good. They used to put like special effects on them and everything. I was going to be a, a filmmaker once upon a time, you know. Uh, right. And I'm ending on. Wild Wild West by Will Smith, just so I could go wicky wicky wah wah. Because <laughs> I've had so much fun with that. As, as soon as you said Wild Wild West, right? My brain did two things. It went, that's a shit it's... song. Why she said that? Oh, because she's going to do, yeah. It's so, I can't quite get it right because he does it in like, and goes wicky wah, wicky wicky wah wah, wicky wicky wah 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 west, you west. And it's, oh, it's such a good start to a song. Oh, I respond to that. There's a really good story actually connected to Wild Wild West. I'm not going to go through it, so I'm going to give people a reference point. Um, so is it Clerks guy? Is it Kevin Smith yeah. who did Clerks? He was asked, and it was a superhero film. It might have been the next Superman film or something like that. And he has a story about how he came to them with the idea and they kept making so many changes that eventually something that was supposed to be Superman became Wild Wild West. Mm. And you have to hear him tell the story because he obviously knows the exact details of that when stuff came in. And it's fascinating, that idea about how much Hollywood can just take a concept and then change it into something else. And generally that's seen as a really mediocre film at best. Yeah, I mean, much like this show, you know, I had an idea that we'd do a, a, you know, a podcast about pop culture, but somehow you turn into this sporting thing where every week we talk about different sport and wrestling and and all this kind of stuff, you know, whatever. Things evolve, don't they? But um, oh, that's me for music. Apart from, I just want to give honourable mention. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, don't give an honourable mention just yet because we have a Decapod first. And it's very apt that it's the first time it's happened on the last episode of the 90s. You have listed your 10 songs. I have none of those 10 songs. <gasps> Ooh. We've done completely separate lists, which even means that one of us is looking at the wrong year. Or just there's just that much great music out there. Oh, I've missed one. Sorry. Oh, you're <laughs> fucking ruining it now. Seriously. <laughs> I used to track, honestly, I used to do tally charts when you were doing yours just to make sure that you counted right. And 
And the first time I don't do a tally chart, because I thought, all right, we're on episode 10 now. So, you know, you'll have got it right. You'll have sussed it by now. And fucking, right. <laughs> if this is on my list, right, I'm actually going to be really annoyed. Go on. It's... <laughs> Quite scared. It's Maria by Blondie. Oh no, you're all right. (laughs) And to be fair, that does improve it because now you've actually got ten rather than nine that are different. Yeah. Uh, Again, it was another album. I was so excited for. I think it's called No Exit. I love that. I need to re-listen to that album because a lot of albums I get because I got rid of them all, and now it's like I have to remember they exist to find them on Spotify. But I love that. Um, I'm definitely not going to sing it because it's very very high um but it's, it's just great I, I think debbie harry's i would i would just love to have even an ounce of the fame and beauty that debbie harry has i think she's a wonderful human i don't know much about debbie harry or blondie but i did like that song good there we go uh, can can i do my honorable mention yeah if you want Okay, so honourable mention is going to As by George Michael because he had that Ladies and Gentlemen album, which was just huge and massive. And I don't know why I didn't call something <laughs> so that could go in because that song's like amazing. Like it's an amazing duet song as well. But I wanted to make sure I mentioned it. It's not on my top 10 though. Okay, cool. That's not in my list either. Oh, I mean, you're... so are you intrigued to see what my, my 10 is? Or yeah. Are? I'm actually just looking at the the ones I've taken off, and I think you've only got one of them. The only one I'd put down on the ones I'd taken off was She's the One by Robbie. Ah. Um, so I'll mention them after. But uh, Okay, so I have got Every Morning by Sugary. I don't... Uh, no, I now I don't know, know which way you look when you're trying to remember. <laughs> <laughs> and it's to the left, so... I now know that when you lie to me, you'll be looking to the right. So I've just worked that out now. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't remember that song. Every morning when I wake up, there's a halo hanging. That one. Ah, uh, okay. Um, also got All Star by Smash Mouth. <gasps> yeah, got it. That, that... Yeah. <laughs> Which, as you say, got it. I've now forgotten it. And I'm thinking, what the fuck song is that? da 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 I don't even know. My mind's gone blank for that one, even though I wrote it down. I've got Tequila by Terrorvision. Nice. Um, which I believe um, the, the the one of the members of Terrorvision runs a local tattoo shop to me. What? Yeah, randomly. He lives in Yorkshire. It does now, apparently. Oh, well, okay. Fair I enough. wouldn't know because I've no idea what I look like. Go get but... a tattoo. Just to find out if it's him. I don't yeah. know if it looks like. You could get a lobster. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's get lobster tattoos. We Let's are not say. getting matching lobster <laughs> tattoos. I draw a line somewhere and it's fucking matching lobster tattoos. <laughs> okay. That's one for the maybe list. <laughs> How did you get maybe from that? That's pretty explicit that <laughs> no. no. I, don't, I don't hear no. <laughs> yeah, you were saying that before. Um, okay. I've also got the brilliant song, and I think these were actually a one-hit wonder, uh, Turnaround by Fats and Small. Oh, okay, yeah. Which I love that song. That was on, used to uh, sing that at rugby. We went to watch rugby, and a lad that I used to go with, uh, and it always looked miserable. 
Always. So even when Leeds scored, they still, oh, I'm wearing my Leeds thing today. Uh, oh, is that what that is? Yeah. Even, oh, speaking of which, I believe Leeds won the Challenge Cup in 1999. I didn't even write that down. So oh. Oh, bonus mention there. Uh, Did we they went cheat? To... No. That's, what they, that's not normally what they do, isn't it? Leeds. Dirty Leeds. <sighs> dirty, dirty Leeds. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, no I mean you're right that's what everyone says but no oh, see this is what I mean sporting podcast you've got all these sporting references I only know certain ones I know Derby County fans hate Leeds because they stole Cluffy yeah yeah I'm not going down that rabbit hole that's a whole well, other podcast that's my knowledge right. <laughs> um Anyway, so yeah, he always looked miserable, so we used to uh, used to sing that to him. Either way, uh, also got "What's My Age Again" by Blink One Eight Two. I don't recognise that one. Okay, uh, "Praise You" by Fatboy Slim. Yeah, nice, 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 nice. Uh, the other one I'm going to mention, and I put this on there. It's not the greatest song in the world. It's not even really a song, but it's something. And I've stopped doing it. So I need to restart. I used to listen to this every morning because it was my little motivation track, and it's "Everybody's Free to Wear Sunscreen" by Bass. I did nearly get it. My dad bought me that on single just because the guy sounds a bit like Jack Nicholson. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Now you've said that. I haven't associated it before, but it does. So now we'll listen to it tomorrow morning. I'm going to imagine it's Jack Nicholson <laughs> doing it. I've also got You Get What You Give by the New Radicals. Which is weird because it was on my list last week. Because it's my one where it's like pure club singer. I will take that out and I will replace it by Bring It All Back by S Club 7. Marvellous. I mean, I think that's wonderful you've assumed that I was correct. But <laughs> well, if you put it... No, I'm thinking if you put it on last week that when I do the, when we do his greatest hits, then we've got an extra one to put in. Ah. Uh, so, yes, I also have um, Bring It All Back by S Club 7. Ah. Kiss Me by Sixpence Non The Richer. Okay. And the last one I've got, which is probably the best song of 1999. You always pull that face when I say that. You always <laughs> yeah. pull that face when I say the best song of 1999. But it is, you can't argue with this one. It's Living La Vida Walker. Oh, my God. No. What? No. Brilliant song. I only like it in Shrek 2 where Puss in Boots does it at the end. And that's it. That was something else we had. We had a big... Um, so like when I went to sixth form, this would have been when that came out, like the biggest heated argument we ever had in our sixth form house was, is Ricky Martin gay? And it absolutely divided the room. And we had a big poster up and people stood by it and they made arguments and, and things like that. And the general consensus was yes. Did he come out in the end? I don't know. I seem to think he did. I seem to think he's married. Yeah, I think he might be married now. To a man, I mean. Yeah, yeah. But I could be wrong. I may be getting him mixed up with someone. Yeah. Either way, I think it's uh, I genuinely quite pleased that we've ended with two completely different lists. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you reckon we'll have the same for, for TV and film? No. No, I don't. We're going to have very different film lists. I'll tell you that much. But the TV is going to be fairly similar. Yeah. Um, do you want some death? <laughs> do I want some death? Yeah, give me some death, Emma. Um, I'm really sorry to say they're quite big hitters and it's going to be quite 
So you've got Dusty Springfield and you've got Stanley Kubrick. But did he really die? Yeah. At a heart attack. Well, I've been listening to these conspiracy theory <laughs> podcasts. Oh, well, why would Stanley Kubrick have faked his own death? Well, he faked the moon landing, apparently. What, Stanley Kubrick did? Yeah. What, was he the director? Yep, he literally, this is the theory. <laughs> By the way, just a slight caveat, I don't believe this, just before <laughs> we go any further. Uh, but yeah, the big theory is that he created the, the, the like basically directed and produced the, um, the moon landing. Right. Okay. And if you watch stuff like The Shining, there's all these references in there that apparently, I'm going to do quote marks, you know, in my fingers, yeah. but not great on a podcast. Um, but apparently, um, the, the kind of give the game away to it. If you watch The Shining, there's all this stuff that gives the game away to it. But yeah, there you go. Oh, I kind of want to listen to it too, because I... I'm... Like spoiler alert for horror episode. I love The Shining, so um, if it's got that extra like layer to it, I'm actually a bit intrigued. But yeah, uh, yeah. So all right, maybe you didn't die. I think you probably did. Oh, but um... hold on, I think this is going out after the horror episode, <laughs> so we're doing a, a backdated, a backdated um, spoiler again. I got my brain can't process it. My brain can't process it that we don't always record. Like, well, we do record in order, but you know what I mean. Right. Really sad one. Ernie Wise of Morecambe and Wise fame also died in 1999. Yeah, that's sad. Because he probably did really die as well. And probably had nothing to do with the moon landings. I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it very much. And also Rod Hall died. And here's his right really sad because he was like trying to fix his area. He was watching, I think he was watching football actually, or watching the TV. So it was up and it was a thunderstorm. So he got struck by lightning. That's bad times. What was his puppet's name? Emu. Emu. I had it. one. Not to brag. Not to brag. Very flatteric now. <laughs> yeah. They're, so they're the deaths. Well, thank, thanks for bringing the deaths. I've got one birth. Go on then. Give us your birth. It's Daniel. <laughs> I was gonna, oh gosh, I was gonna. I was gonna make like a proper giving birth noise then you were going to make <laughs> a giving birth noise <laughs> which from my own personal experience is me mooing like a cow that was exactly the exact noise i made um, until my delicious epidural and then i just sang 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 <laughs> it was amazing anyway daniel roche whose name will mean nothing until i tell you he played ben in outnumbered all oh, right yeah i liked ben yeah he was funny it's that say does bed love that show yeah so yeah there's your deaths there's your birth i've got some events that i will save for later I have, no, I have no real tip i've got one tip of information that i can throw into the after we've done the tv today but i don't have anything additional to bring to the show oh just me and my amazing charm with some banter there you go do you want to go first with TV or do you want me to go first with TV? I shall go first because I haven't got 10 because I've interspersed mine with a couple of facts again. So the things that I noted down from a TV perspective was Alf from Coronation Street died and that was quite a big sort of soap. It's really sad, actually. I don't even know, I don't know whether TikTok knew 
that I was thinking about 999, but the clip came up and it's really awful because they think he's fallen asleep like at New Year's Eve party and they're going, come on. And like, Alma, is it Alma? No, Audrey's like, going, come on. Get on. And, it's, and then, oh, so it's really heartbreaking moment in soap. It's also the year that Pokemon debuted in the UK and it was on Sky One. It's um, the year that Loose Women started, which yeah. is, um, I actually remember it starting. And it was such a different show. It, it was so much more, gentle <laughs> yeah i i watched it not like regularly but like if i had a random day off because i think I'd, i think in 1999 i just started college uh so i'd be a random day off whatever i'd, I'd yeah. throw those women on because it were amusing it, it was it was just like yeah gentle is probably a good word but still discussing relevant stuff it's just you yeah. people oh shut up Terry. right go on yeah we're on the same page there though so i, I was a bit like mm great that's the year that started is it right but it seemed to be quite a good year for um animation because you've got both futurama and family guy of which i am fans of both um family guy i just think is naughty simpsons so um i'm a a big a big fan i haven't watched it in years but when i was like really liked family guy um i've also got spaced down channel four comedy down this is a bit controversial on my side because I generally despise Simon Pegg (laughs) why because he overacts I hate it there's I think it's Shaun of the Dead and he does that proper over the top dramatic thing and it's almost like he's doing a fucking audition going look guys I can do serious as well as comedy aren't I just amazing and so well rounded and I don't like it that said in black books which I can't believe oh it's because it's after this I think I think in black books he plays one of the best cameo characters ever Um, and I really like him in that but no don't like the guy don't like the guy Right, I've I've had like space on my watch list for ages, but I never got around to watching it. But it's, I'll watch it at some point. But you don't like Simon Pegg because he overacts. But right. you seem to be quite a big fan of Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, probably the greatest overactor of all time, and I mean that in a positive way, not a criticism. <laughs> uh, I was going to go, all righty then. Uh, but... <laughs> It doesn't do it. Jim Carrey, that's him all the time. That is him all the time, though. That is not putting it on. So he's not acting? Simon, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Most of the time. I think he's learning lines. Um, I don't know. I just get a vibe from him. Certainly certainly not on my list. Uh, so, But I have space. Space is very good. I think it is worth it. I think particularly because you love film so much, there's so many film references in there that they do, and it's, it's really good. I've also got Smack the Pony. Yep. Great, great, like, all-female um, sketch show, which I used to really like. And... I'm saving. I'm. I'm really trying to make sure I save one for the end because it's the one that I want to. I really want to understand if you liked it and watched it. Um, so I've got shipwrecked. Now I just need to give shipwrecked a special mention because shipwrecked was all of my Sunday hangovers. So I used to go out in Skeg Vegas on a Saturday night. Didn't have to be at work the next day or anything like that. So 
shipwrecked is my Sunday hangover television that I remember and probably on the phone waiting for a text from some sexy guy the night before that probably never showed up but hey um, (laughs) have that and wait for the call to the dinner table for the all rescuing Sunday dinner and then back to bed I mean I don't know what shipwreck was never watched that but but you'll like what I'm about to say sorry I'll, I'll make it better I have received several text messages. I'd forgotten about this until you just mentioned, uh, what was it, Skeg Vegas? Um, I'd forgotten about this, but I have received several text messages from several people. Apparently, Scarbados is a thing. Oh, it is? Yes. I'd never heard it before. But yes, I I got several people messaging me saying, Scarbados is a thing. Ha ha. Oh, this is good. Well, that did take a good turn. It's all coming home to roost now for me on this final episode. Yeah, that's it. That's all I had to do was be patient. But uh, no, shipwreck was quite a cool. I mean, it was quite a cool concept. About twelve strangers literally get plunked on an island, but a really nice desert island, so they can hang out in their bikinis and their, you know, and their whatnots. And yeah, and it's just about the getting. I think they voted each other off until one person was at the end. It's if you're seventeen, it's probably the best. Sunday morning tea show that you get and I think it's like when T4 all kicked off as well yeah so um shit really sort of put me in a place uh, and the same girl that we I used to make the music videos with I uh, often used to be at her house because I used to go and stay over at her so it's this thing that girls do where we're all snuggled in bed together just eating a bit of toast <laughs> Not not having pillow fights. So. We have to we have to have the toast after the pillow fight right. to get our energy back up for another Cause, one. Because as men, that's what we're told that, that you're doing. You guys have got to get over it. But yes, that's a hundred percent what happens. Um, right. So the last one that I've got on my list, and I'm really fascinated to know if you're a fan of it, is League of Gentlemen. Um, no, not particularly. Right, because it is like pure horror. I mean. <laughs> I, I can't really remember it. I remember trying to watch it and just not getting into it. Oh, crazy. Right, so I'll just give it like a little... Like, I really like it. I, I, I don't particularly like comedy normally that makes you a bit uneasy and on edge and there's some pretty disturbing things in that, but it can't be denied. It's got some amazing characters that sort of kind of like Pauline and things like that. Um, and yeah, they did some really good horror references and... It, I think the reason why a lot of people that I went to school with is, is I basically grew up in Royston Vasey. Like that is what, like that whole concept of, um, are you local? This is for local people. And like, no word of a lie. My, my parents have lived where they live for, if I'm 39, they've lived there for 35 years and they went and my mum went to the local shop. And the woman in the local shop went, oh, you just moved. And my mum was like, yeah, I've just moved from Derby. And she went, take 20 years before we accept you. <laughs> 20, <laughs> 20 years before we accepted. Did you ever get accepted? I, I, I think I moved. I think I left for uni. But yeah, they're, they're very much very accepted accepted in the local community now i'm happy to say but um yeah so league of gentlemen then that's that's me for tv when um when me and my wife moved up here we live in like a little cul-de-sac there's only about 10 of us on the street she was accepted day one <laughs> every fucker still ignores me on the street oh. <laughs> they don't like me around here they like my sort 
<laughs> what driving instructors? I don't, I don't think it was a driving instructor thing. I think it was more <laughs> a Terry thing. I don't oh. know why. Either way, uh, but no, I, I, I can't really remember League of Gentlemen at all. I mean, describe it there. I had a little bit of a flashback, but I just it wasn't. I don't know. Again, maybe it's the comedy side of it. I struggle. We've discussed this before. I struggle with comedy sometimes. So, and I think I like my horror scary generally. Yeah, so I would argue there is some scary moments, but yeah. that's okay. Okay. Maybe I'll give it, because I've got a list of stuff to rewatch after going through these with you or watch for the first time, so that's good. But, so you've got some of the same ones. Me, I'd smack the pony, loose women, Future Arm and Family Guy. Uh, Future Arm, I really liked. I think I watched all that. Uh, Family Guy, I've kind of just gone in and out of different episodes of it, uh, a bit like I did with The Simpsons. But, uh, you've missed a couple of good ones, I think, and you missed a couple of... I mean, I can't believe you missed this one, above all things, which was Sunday Supplement. We even spoke about that the other week. Oh, God, yeah, we're supposed to put stuff we like down. Yeah, that's why I'm surprised you didn't have it on your list. I thought that was the like, <laughs> top uh, tree for you. <laughs> but it's an odd one because it's one that I hated watching. I used to try and watch it but because there was no... Nothing that's saying it grabbed your intention. I hated watching it. But as soon as it came out on a podcast, I loved it. Because mm. I could just listen to them having that conversation about something at the time I was interested in. And I think I've said before, the stories of football I enjoy. So listening to them talk about the stories was better than watching the football. Um, the other one that came out in 99 that uh, I used to watch all the time at first was Grand Designs. Uh, yeah, I did spot in this, but um, never seen it. Doesn't interest me. It's the kind of thing that would irritate me because it's just basically millionaires going, mm, I'm going to make a house in the shape of a rhombus. Like, yeah, but oh, sometimes it all went wrong, which was oh. the thing you hoped for. Oh, if there's some schadenfreude, I'm in. I, I don't know what that means, but sometimes it all went wrong. <laughs> and it was it was good. You'd spend the whole episode, go, oh, please, like, collapse. Don't make it, don't make it. And like nine times out of ten, yeah, they'd have this beautiful home. And it won't always see extravagant millionaires. You know, sometimes it'll people that would have sold their house and were living in a caravan and then using that money to build their own home. But yeah, I, I used to really enjoy it, especially when it all went wrong. The other one I'm going to give a mention to now, I don't really watch this because it, it it's one that gets me in the feels, not always in a good way. But uh, the Pride of Britain Awards started in, uh, in yeah. 99. Was, which just yeah. yeah, which is brilliant, and it's an amazing thing that they do, and you know, celebrate all the the normies, you know, um, with old Vorders doing it. I think does it, but no, I can't watch it because I get a bit like a bit weepy with stuff like that, and I don't need to say all that. I'm exactly the same. I'm. I feel exactly the same. Everybody that is on that show absolutely deserves it, and it's amazing. But yeah, I can't watch it because I'd just be an emotional wreck by the end. Mrs. Merton started in 1999. Wow, okay, so I would have put that way earlier. That's interesting. Yeah, I was a bit surprised, but then I'm thinking, well, I've not seen it before. And no, it clearly says... No, which Mrs. Merton? Mrs. Merton that... and Malcolm it was. I think there was still Mrs. Merton, the chat show before 99. Maybe I'm getting maybe I'm getting them mixed up. Either way, it gives us an opportunity to speak about Mrs. Merton. How yeah. awesome was Mrs. Merton? She was brilliant. One of those characters where she could just get away with saying stuff that Caroline can't say as Caroline. And I love yeah. characters like that. A bit like, and I don't really want to put them side by side, but it reminds me of Keith Lemon a little bit. Yeah. He can go and be and say things because it's Keith Lemon talking. Yeah. Al Murray as well. Uh, but yeah. 
I mean, we all know we all know the famous line. The the Paul Daniels one. Yeah. Um she just like had that cheeky charm about her as well. She was a genius, Carolina Hearn. Yeah, and, and to me, it always felt innocent yeah. and playful. Whereas like you say with Keith Lemon, it does sometimes I, I do think there's a line crosser sometimes, yeah. and I get the impression that now and again those guests are a bit like, I need to laugh because I'm on TV. Yeah. Um, and like almost like with Ali G, which is a similar thing. There's there's a certain, but again, I think it's the people he's doing it. So you know, he's going for the powerful people. That's a bit of spite, you know. You can yeah. tell that. Whereas it was just playful with with Mrs. Merton and Carolina Herm. But yeah. So either way, we've got a chance to speak about it. Um, I also have Bad Girls. Did you ever watch Bad Girls? Oh, I didn't. Is that the prison one? It was a prison one. Um. I don't remember how it ended, so I'm not sure if I watched it all the way through to the end, but it was, I think, you know, from about 96 onwards, that's when I started getting into the more gritty stuff. And and this was that. It was just yeah. like, oh, this is really cool. This weekly TV show that isn't fluffy and bouncy. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't the greatest TV show of all time, but it, 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 something I watched and enjoyed. And then the last one, uh, Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. Wow, I feel sad that I've overlooked that one because I love that show. I really loved it. Um, Linda LaHuge here. Um, there was a bit where I re- and I think about this. You know, there's there's a thing on TikTok that go, "What's a video that lives rent free in your head?" And people sort of answer it. And the one that lives rent free in my head is from Gimme Gimme Gimme. And there is this bit where she's running down, she's walking down the street, and she walks past these builders, and they start wolf whistling, and she's like, "All right, guys, I'm not plenty on me," but they're wolf whistling the woman behind her. <laughs> and I always feel like that if I ever think someone's wolf whistling, me, I always. I'm, I literally naturally look over my shoulder to check if it's anyone behind me first. But the best bit is that she walks back, she's got milk. And the woman, same woman behind her, so the, the builders are really going, but she's running with the milk, but she's like swinging it at her boots. <laughs> uh, it, it's a fabulous comedy character, that is. The other thing with that was um, probably the first thing like that I'd seen. You know, it's like the only other thing that, that was that sort of extravagant that I'd watched before them was probably Euro Trash, which, you mm. you know, at that time was probably, it was called Euro Trash. So for me, it's like, well, that's just what European people are like. But then you see this and obviously I know it's not real characters, but it's like there are people that are extravagant out there and I'd not been introduced to that before. I've got um, two lines that have just sprung into my head, which I'm just going to indulge myself in. So I remember one where I, I feel like she gets that like, this guy in, but he's like a Christian. And she goes out to Tom and she goes, I've got my worst nightmare in there. And he's like, why? And he went, he respects me. <laughs> and there's another bit where um, he discovers that she's lost a job. And uh, she wants to she wants to ring in Richard and Judy goes, Oh Lindy, Lindy, oh why don't you say anything? She just goes, I want to talk to Judy. <laughs> I, just, I just adore Kathy Burke. I just I'm gonna re-watch that show. Hi Suze. <laughs> it was like the ultra perfect next door name. Hi Pete. Oh, what was the name of the landlady woman? Oh, what I can't was remember. Me? I can't remember. <laughs> she was just really sort of like flat. And there was the the guy whose name was was it Tracy or Shirley or something. There was that episode. 
Where oh, Tom's broke little... his leg. Sorry, I've gone getting... full comedy geek on you there. No, it's good. It's just I don't know. <laughs> you got a bit specific for me. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, give me, give me, give me. Good choice. Yeah, I don't know where you can watch that now. I might go back and revisit that myself. But but yeah, that that was my list. Um, a couple of points just just to throw onto the the, the TV side of it. Um, just it, it was the passing of the torch with, with Big Breakfast and East Van Out one left yeah. in Cafe, not Cafe Book. Um, Kelly Brook. Oh, but I saw this, and Kelly Brook only lasted a few months because Lisa Tarbuck came in before the end of the year. So Kelly Brook yeah. didn't pan out so well. Yeah, I think Jenny McCarthy did it for a while as well. I think. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, maybe she was interim, standing between uh, Kelly Brook and Lisa Tarbuck. But yeah, um, but uh, the big one, and I this cropped up when I was having a look, and it, it stuck in my head because. Oh, I remember seeing it because I used to watch a lot of This Morning and those sort of TVs. we being at college and having random days off and stuff. Um, as, you know, 18-year-old kids do, I suppose. But, um, it's, it's again, I'm going back to a lot, not lowering the tone, you know, making it a little bit sadder, a little bit more serious for a second, in that uh, This Morning was the first TV programme to actually demonstrate for men how to check their balls, see if they've got lumps. Yes, I see. I did see this in the list as well. And I thought, good for you this morning. That's really good. And it's there was something last week which was like, oh, I think it was the transgender character in Coronation Street and actually being really impressed that it was as early on as it was. And it's the same for that, that kind of men's health and not being embarrassed about things like that. It's really good. Like, yeah, good for you this morning. Even pre-Schofield, it was cool. Yeah. So, you know, because of Richard and Judy, I know how to check my balls. Well, that's lovely. It's lovely stuff. <laughs> that's that's he, a claim to fame. Yeah. He's a bit problematic at the minute. He's got into trouble, hasn't he, just the past day? Yeah, I, I, I didn't really see why, but something about calling da- so, Darling or something yeah. like that. I'm like, oh, come on. I just think Steve Coogan must just literally watch it with a dictaphone on record. So we could go, well, that's there. There's the next line for Alan Partridge. There we go. Thank you. Either way, I'm, I've never been the, the biggest Richard and Judy fan. I think we can leave them there. We can probably put a pin in Richard and Judy for now. We need yeah. not mention them anymore. Maybe we'll do a spin-off show where we just find all the problematic people and just, you know, spend 20 minutes and sort with them. Oh, that'd be lovely. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm in a particularly bad mood, I would like to do that. Let's do it. That can be fun. <laughs> Films then. Uh, do you want me to go first with films? You can, or do you want me to just just put in a couple of events? Yes, yes, events. What happened in 1990? 1999, uh, even. So the Euro was launched. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember when we, part of, we felt part of something? Well, even then we were like, because we declined it, but there we go. The Euro currency was launched. Uh, just going to bring it down a little bit. Giordano was murdered. <laughs> no, that's like, I remember I remember that being one of those cases where because you're like um, 17, that really hitting and that kind of like, gosh, that's really scary. Like, I remember that, that being like a really high profile, scary case. Um, yeah. I do have a question though. And this yeah. is purely to see how your brain works. <laughs> Why did you put Giordano being murdered in an event and not on the death? <laughs> because it's an event. Right, okay. 
because it's a thing that happens that I, I tend to like have the deaths of natural causes. Right. She did, if she died of a heart attack, she'd have been in deaths. But this was a thing that happened. It was a crime and a Ooh. crime story. Oh, uh, you've opened a can of worms here because we, we put Diana under deaths. <laughs> there's there's all sorts of shenanigans going on. Can you stop with this conspiracy <laughs> podcast? It's, yeah, this, we've like we've gone true crime slash conspiracy slash football. Nah, yeah. I I could just foresee that I'll be on my own for the next decade because like sorry guys Terry just went on a conspiracy rabbit hole and he's now hosting his own <laughs> didn't yeah. invite me um, so other events the Millennium Dome and the London Eye both completed which is good considering they were for the Millennium so they needed to be done by the end of ninety nine with that in mind and then Tracy Emin the My Bed Turner Prize happened. I don't remember that at all. Oh, okay. It was all it was like messy, wasn't it? It was supposed to be, and it was it was it was always foreseen as a a big feminist message. Right. I'm going to interrupt you. I have no idea what you're talking about. What about what? Like, so do you know who Tracy Eben is? Yes. Is well, I think so. I seem to it's some sort of artist. Yeah. So like Turner Prize. So Turner Prize is always something like a bit more. It's not just like painting something, and she represented her her unmade bed as her piece of art i i genuinely have no recollection of this at all wow okay and she then kind of got to face she used to go on tv and be quite drunk when she would be interviewed and stuff like that but yeah i thought worth a mention i think so well, i'm intrigued on. by it but you're intrigued by it well, i'm intrigued by it but i, just, I, I don't know i've shut it out or whether i was not interested at the time or what but no i'm gonna go look that up i'm gonna go research that I think, yeah, I think it's interesting. I think she's a very interesting person as well because she's like this big icon of feminism, but she claims to not know anything about feminism. So it's almost like she's an accidental feminist, which is um, which is really interesting to me. But there we go. We won't go down a feminist tangent today. So come on then. Come and upset me with your film list. Let's get this done. All right, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Put your dad on. <laughs> um, yeah, full Richard Maidley. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay, cool. So my 1999 films was genuinely the hardest 10 I've created so far. And what I normally do with my 10s um, is that I don't always necessarily go for a top 10. So I might pick a few out, that, take a few out that will be my top 10 and put a few obscure ones in or a few jokey ones or whatever. But... I can't do that this week because there's just it's all quality. So I'm just going to run through them. Uh, I'm going to mention Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace because as much as it gets an absolute panning, I've kind of come back to my views at the minute. It was a momentous moment and irrelevant of what you think of that episode. George Lucas had every right to make that film and make the film, the, the trilogy that he thought was right. You know, when you create something like the original Star Wars, again, whether you like it or not, is almost irrelevant. It's like, it's just genuinely one of the biggest cultural phenomenons of all time, if not the biggest cultural phenomenon of all time, especially around sort of the, the movie industry. It's when you create that, when you do that, 
you then have the right to do the sequel slash prequel, however you deem appropriate, in my opinion. Um, so the, the the absolute panning that he gets for me is massively unwarranted because I think a lot of it comes from it's not what that person wanted. You know, if you see the the prequels and you don't like them, a lot of the time it's because you, it's not what you wanted. Whereas what I found from you know, the job I'm in as an instructor, I speak to lots of different age, you know, people 20 years younger than me. They often watch the prequels before the, the that original. Must be a, that must be so weird yeah. to watch it like that. But they all seem to like them. Yeah. They're not, what, even if they watch the, the originals first, then go to the prequels, they don't have the same baggage and they, yeah. they seem to like them. Having said that, um, the Phantom Menace was the worst of the three, and it's not a great film, in my opinion. It, it's not. It, I, I didn't overly enjoy it. It was. It's a bit bland. It's a bit too much politics. It's not enough, like you know, lightsaber battles and all that kind of shizzle and Jar Jar Binks, whatever. Um, but it wasn't. It's nowhere near as bad as people make out. In my opinion, out of all the, the Star Wars films I've seen, um, and there's a reason I'm saying I've seen, is that that comes at the bottom of the list. But it's nowhere near as bad as people make up. So I've, I've got it and I've put next to it Bittersweet um, because, again, I don't want to get into whether I think it's a... Well, I've, I have put but it's shit, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, but it will always be special to me because I didn't get to see any of the original Star Wars at the cinema when they came out of the cinema, but I got to see that one when it came out of the cinema and I cried my eyes out when the when the writing went up the screen because it was just like, oh, I'm seeing this at the cinema and this is amazing. And, and I went, I just I just loved it for that fact. And I think I probably quite liked it. I think I had to be taught it wasn't very good. Yeah. And I've got a cuddly Jar Jar Bink, so make of that what you will. But I agree with what you everything you've just said. I'm just picturing your shelf now with what is it um emu and uh flat eric and <laughs> things i can't bring myself to get rid of it just in case it's worth something maybe um but it's weird that you say that because i've not thought of that about saying it's in the because i didn't i didn't see any of those prequels at the cinema and i don't know why because i, I was at the cinema all the time at this period of my life i remember once um i tried to see as many films as i can at cinema in one day mm. i think I got like four or five in one day which is pretty difficult at cinema because yeah. they make each one about seven hours long because a stupid mm. adverts and that whatever um but I didn't watch it at the cinema. And that maybe that's actually why when I watched the the, the latest trilogy, I got even more excited because I was seeing mm-hmm. them at cinema. So you know, maybe you've you maybe you've just awakened me a little yeah. bit there. Um all right, so Ooh, moving on. Like the force. Yes, like the force. <laughs> yes, that's what you've done. Uh, you've awakened the force within this one. Um so yeah, Star Wars, an interesting one, a very interesting one. Yeah. Sorry, my brain's going off and, oh, we could do some kind of special on Star Wars because it's in the 90s. I'm getting excited now. Uh, All right, so uh, I'm also going to throw in the Sixth Sense. Yeah, I've also got the Sixth Sense. Right. Now, this is the first time, I'm, I'm, well, I suppose the only time in this series I'm going to do this. So if you haven't seen the Sixth Sense, 
stop listening now because there's a massive spoiler coming up. I'm giving you the warning, you know, as much as any other time, I'm happy to talk about stuff because if you haven't seen stuff from that, it's tough luck, basically. But I think the spoiler in this is quite significant. So if you mm. haven't seen The Sixth Sense, either, you know, listen and just be warned or turn off. But is The Sixth Sense a good film or do people think it's a good film because of that twist? I think it could be both. Right. I think it can be absolutely both because if it was a rubbish film, you, the twist wouldn't impact on you. I'm very proud that I guessed it, but I think I only guessed it because I didn't watch it the year it came out. So everyone goes, oh my God, the twist, the twist, the twist. And so when you know, and I think there's that extra element. So if you went to see that at the cinema, you didn't know there was a twist. You just knew it was a horror film. And because so many people have gone, oh, the twist is amazing. I was like, right, I'm looking for that bad boy then. Oh, yeah, of course he is. And uh, yeah, I, I, I do think it's a good film. I, I really like And it, it was almost this new genre because then all films started to have. And he in particular, that director, his films were always a bit twisty, aren't they? Like The Village has got a twist as well. Yeah, no, oh, can't wait to talk about The Village because I love that film. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying and I agree. I think that I, I saw it at cinema quite early and I didn't guess the twist. I didn't assume that Bruce Willis, I can't remember the character's name, but I didn't assume that Bruce Willis had died. I didn't assume he was a ghost. I had no idea until it actually says it at the end and it's like, hold on, but he's been talking to people this don't make sense yeah. and then i went back to cinema and watch it again it's like and then i'm watching it purely to see the interaction it's yeah. like, actually it does work it's pretty impressive the way they've done it and that's the other thing i like about that type of film is it's that rewatchability that the film gets because you don't notice so many things it reminds me of memento actually where you have to go well, back. i've never seen that. that just sooner but and it's that and he did invent this film and when you watch that film you never ever trust that everybody is alive in a film ever again. <laughs> it's always there. Are they alive though? And it's always there. And it, it's quite, quite good actually if you think about it from that perspective. I don't have that problem. The the one that bothers me, and I can't actually think of an example off the top of my head. But the one that bothers me is when it's all been a dream. Yeah, well, that's just, I mean, Dallas, that's oh, Dallas yeah. lazy, isn't it? That's not even, that's not, that's just lazy writing. And I always remember um, there was this documentary about the comic strip presents and Dawn French and Jennifer Saw said they never had any endings. And the two ways they used to do it is like someone wakes up or you blow up the, you just blow them up <laughs> just, just to get out right endings. That's what I think about. It's just been a dream. That's lazy. But yeah, I think I would agree with you. I do think it works both ways. And even if you want that, it'll probably, if they finish it some other way, probably still still be a good film. All right, so there's a lot of horrors coming up here. Also, another film that you really enjoy that happens to be a horror. So there you go. Um, okay, Fight Club was 1999. <gasps> oh my goodness. I don't know how I've missed it, but I, I love the film and also a bit twisty, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I'm getting like... <laughs> to be careful with spoilers for this one as well no they've had the warning anyone listening <laughs> we will say the name of the film first if you haven't heard it maybe skip on a little bit yeah, right. yeah very twisty and i must be honest that twist confused me yeah. when i again went back and watched it maybe another two or three times i kind of makes more sense after but you watch it at the time it's a bit like what yeah. it? that can't be right but then again you go back and watch and it is but that was just for me a really really cool film Oh, yeah, it 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 really was. It's like 
Brad Pitt's kind of coming into the forefront there. He's just like main Hollywood man at that time. But like give you some insight into how good CBeebies is. So CBeebies, the specific, no, like it's linked, I promise, right? <laughs> CBeebies is the channel for preschoolers and just about, about my son's age up to about four or five, right? There's a program called Number Blocks. He loves it, right? Favorite show. And there is one <laughs> where there's a house and all the numbers that can make a square have a house that only the squares are allowed to go into. And it's called Square Club. And I swear they say, what's the first rule of Square Club? <laughs> it's like, there's a Fight Club reference <laughs> in my son's TV. I'm loving life. To be fair, earlier on in the year, I did, uh, I made a fairy club um, <laughs> for the, the fairy test training. What's the and first rule? Uh, the first one was we do talk about fairy club. I want pe- I want more people to come and pay me for it. You know, we talk about this. <laughs> hmm. Never did though. <laughs> Bastards. Um, if you're listening, welcome. Um, <laughs> but no, the other thing, and I didn't realize this, I don't know what's just triggered my memory on it, but I, Meatloaf was in it. I get to mention Meatloaf again. Aww. That's a nice way to finish 1990s. Um, but yeah, just a, a really, really, in fact, you know what? I keep saying the first. It was probably the first really cool film that I saw at cinema. Oh, at the cinema? Yeah. So uh, pr- probably the first film I would have seen that I would have considered cool would have been maybe Reservoir Dogs. But again, mm-hmm. I watched that later. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, this one stands out. Anyway, so yeah, Fight Club. Uh, also have uh, The Matrix. Yeah, I've got The Matrix. And how good was The Matrix? Yeah, it's kind of like genre busting again, though, isn't it? Like special effects and that kind of... <laughs> Whenever you have a fight sequence and all that kind of slow motion back, it and the bullets like going past that, it... It's a bit sexy, isn't it? Do you know what? I, I, I'd agree with you there. I wouldn't have used that word to describe it until you did, but I'd agree with it. But I'm also now going to throw that word in for Fight Club. Fight Club is a sexy film as well. Wow, okay. <laughs> Brad Pitt gets his top off loads. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Ergo, it's a sexy film. <laughs> I forgot what film we're just talking about. Matrix. <laughs> The Matrix. You had a little uh, moment then. Yeah. Um, the Matrix, I loved it. I mean, the, the, the sequels aren't the best. They get a little bit uh, convoluted and a little bit little bit messy, but still good. But just, it was, again, it's another one of those films where we, we haven't seen anything like this before. Mm. It was something new, um, something special. And, you know, even Keanu Reeves acts a bit in it. You know, it's not just his deadpan self, although maybe that's, you know, works. I No, I think what he learned was if he takes roles like that on, he's more successful in them because it's not as reliant. And I actually think that's when he becomes a better Hollywood actor from The Matrix onwards. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. But yeah, really good film, really engrossing. Galaxy Quest. Oh, I see. I've, I've missed that one as well, but I do really like it. It is. One of the most underrated films of all time. And I've said this a few times throughout this series, mm. but it is one of the most underrated films of all time. It is. It, and I'm not the biggest fan of comedy. We've discussed this, but I will just, I will laugh at that film and I will smile all the way through that film. And it's got some brilliant performances. And I've forgotten half of them, but what, Sigourney Weaver and Alan Rickman and was it Tim Allen that's in it? Yeah. And just doing, and it's just, it's such a, 
you know, parody within a parody, and it's brilliant. And all it's got all the tropes, unintentional and intentional. You know, Sigourney Weaver accidentally what was her top gets ripped off or ripped down or whatever, and just you know, oh, I just oh, I love the film. It's just yeah, I, I don't always like comedies, and I know it's not just a comedy, but yes, such a good film. It's such a good concept. I think it's a strong concept that idea. Yeah. I don't, again, I don't think there'd been anything like that before. You know, these are actors playing the part of, you know, in theory, Star Trek. Yeah. And actual aliens see the TV show Star Trek and think it's real and then come down and get them to help them. And then somehow they manage to do, which is yeah. just crazy. And the alien guys that are awesome as well, the way they talk <laughs> and are straight laced. And I can't remember the weird noises they make, but they make them weird noises when they're talking, which is brilliant. So, and Alan Rickman, I mean, God, oh. do you know what? How good is Alan Rickman? Yeah, do you know what? Actually, I, it was another um, TikTok um, that I saved and. I have to assume it's from Die Hard, but is there like a scene in Die Hard where he's like walking off a lorry or something and someone's used it on TikTok to say just like how commanding he is. He's just like super sexy. And I was like, hell yeah, he is. And it might have, that might be my in. Rickman is very likely my in into Die Hard. If I can look at him and be a bit lustful for him, I think we'll be all right. We'll do it. We'll do it. I'll, I'll lure you into the Die Hard specials of Alan Rickman. Yeah. Um, uh, he appears in every Die Hard and he's the most prominent character. Bullshit. Because oh, I'm just fuck. about to say that. Like, I know like a really cool fact about, you know, when he gets dropped off the building. There's a trampoline at the bottom. Is R8 so we can watch Die Hard 2. Yeah. But nobody, they didn't tell him they were going to really drop him. So that look of fear is not acting. They tricked him, basically. They didn't trust Alan Rickman's acting ability. That's ridiculous. Uh, All right, so uh, I've got a couple of American ones. We've got American Pie. Was that in 99? I'd put American Pie. Again, not necessarily a first, but almost like a first for me of of, a film that was that almost outrageous and obnoxious. It's our generation. So I think you kind of had like Animal House and with Belushi in the... 80s or 70s so i think america's all and there's like um revenge of the nerds and stuff like that but american pie is our generation of that frat house yeah type. it's it's the uh the american carry-on films yeah you know, pretty much it's you know i don't know it's just fun you know i did try and watch it the other day and i kind of sit there with a little grin but i didn't crack a smile i didn't crack a laugh but it, it's nice to to reminisce with that one it is, but it will always, I mean, you can tell a person if you start a sentence this one time. At <laughs> <laughs> Bandcamp. Yes, that's, and that, that's fun. That's fun. Fun what she can do with the flute, isn't it? I'm just, no, I'm not doing that joke. Um, <laughs> I've been really well behaved today. I you kept have. fairly quiet about Richard Madeley. I didn't go on too much of a rant. You know, I didn't do the, unless you were going to put the flute joke. I'm really, are you proud of me? Yeah, I am actually. I'm uh, yes. Going to um, ruin it now. Probably. American Beauty. Yeah, so that's come in my head while we've been talking, and now I feel like I've looked at the wrong year because I don't know why I didn't see that in the in the list, but I love that film. It is ruined. You know why? No, why? Because the main guy, and it's one of the most oh. problematic people in Hollywood. No. 
Right, but here we go. We can do a special on this, actually, at some point, because I think it's interesting. It's art versus artist. And I think I'm pretty good at separating the the two. So I can still watch, like, that film and not be concerned that it's Kevin Spacey because I'm seeing the character, if that makes sense. I, I can't think of any films off the top of my head that I can't watch. However, and I'm... Wrestling reference. There's a there's a, a this you know genuine trigger one. If I'm about to say it, there was a, a wrestler called uh, Chris Benoit who killed his family. Uh, I won't kind of go into all the detail, but he killed his child and his his wife. And he was one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I can't watch his matches. It spoils it for me. But I think it's because it's that extreme, and and I and I'm watching the person. But I think when it's I'm watching a film or a TV show, I can I can separate it easier. So it's like the art versus artist. I can deal with the art generally. But then when I take a step back and look at it, that's that's when I struggle. So I could still watch stuff with Kevin Spacey, I think. I think that film in particular is a bit problematic because he's got that weird relationship with um the friend. Oh, the the lass. Yeah. 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 I- Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I get that. It's a weird relationship. Um, I think, he, you know, in terms of the film, I'm not talking about Kevin Spacey. I'm talking about the character. Yeah. I think he almost redeems himself at the end. I think, you know, throughout the film, there's the, you know, it shouldn't be behaving the way he's behaving and whatnot. He kind of, you know, he says no at the end. I don't know why he says no, because she happens to be a virgin. And, you know, so he wouldn't have said no if she wasn't a virgin, which, you know, then makes it hard. Uh, you know, so, yeah, I, I, it does. And I suppose, yeah, when you look at it that way, you look at it that it's Kevin Spacey playing that character. Yeah. But just for me, I, I just, I am fairly good at, at, at separating the, the two, unless I've got a connection. If I had like a connect, you know, I think if Kevin Spacey was one of my favorite actors, I think then I would struggle to watch it. But is I've he, never had a connection to him. He is what he is was one of my all-time favorite actors. He's uh, there's about four actors I've watched every film they've ever been in, and I think I'd near enough done all of his films. But just adored him. Yeah, I think that's where I get lucky. A lot of the people that have turned out to be. <laughs> Scum, basically. Um, I've not been the world's biggest fan of. Yeah. You know, some of I think the ones that I've liked have tend to have oh almost minor indiscretions rather than <laughs> full-blown fucking paedophiles, but whatever. Anyway, yeah. I've gone on a slight tangent. But it's such a phenomenal film. It Absolutely is an amazing film. film. And it has some really, really comedy gold moments in it. And it, it's really... I don't know, it gets gets me in the feels and we know that I like that. The drive-through bit is always a thing of amazing comedy. Yes. Yes. Um, although now I've forgotten it. I can remember I can't remember I can remember the scene, but I can't remember what occurs in it, but I can remember it being very funny. Yeah. Oh, yes, she pulls through, doesn't she? And he's serving, which yeah. is brilliant. Um all right, so let me come on to my final three. And then I'm, I think actually I'll run through the ones I knocked off briefly after this. But my final three, all of which are horror, and just absolutely love all of these films. And I'm already panicking. Uh, yeah, because uh, I don't even know which order to do, but I like to try and do them in an order. So I'm going to say that my third favourite of these three would be End of Days. End of Days. Never no. seen it. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, 
basically, yeah, it's like a, a really religious thing. I can't remember the exact storyline off the top of my head, which is, I've just said it's one of my favourites. Um, but yeah, there's a very religious film, and oh, two of these are actually, but it's a very religious film, and it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and there's just, oh, he's fighting the devil, that's it, he's fighting the devil. And obviously Arnold Schwarzenegger will beat the devil, and that's what happens. But there's lots of fire and lots of horror stuff, and just, yeah, really, really good film. And not overly scary. You know, probably one of the horror thrillers we've discussed, or filler horrors, but yeah, really enjoy that film. And it's it's one of the films as well that Arnold transitioned, which I think kind of came after. Was it, uh, maybe not, Twins with Danny DeVito, was it? No, I feel like Twins was earlier than that. Yeah, that's what I mean. It was after that he kind of transitioned his acting a little bit. Uh, I always see some, what you mean, yeah. Some more, not necessarily serious, but away from the... You know, the I'm just a big man shooting guns, and, and it was a bit more like that. Stigmata. Yeah, not seeing it. Okay. That is an absolutely genius film. Uh, Stigmata is basically where you get all the, the things happen to you that happen to Christ, in theory, yeah. you know, if you believe in that shit. Uh, not shit, the <laughs> whatever, yeah. Um, it's religious, I apologise, whatever. Um, <laughs> either way. <laughs> Yeah, so basically, so you get the, 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 the nails through the feet, your nails through your hands, you get the, the thorns on your head, um, and whatever the others were, I can't remember now. And basically, this woman develops stigmata, and it, it everyone thinks it's fake, and then it turns out that it's actually real, and then it's how they deal with that. So yeah, it's a, if you like a bit of another religious film, and you like a bit of horror, and you like it gritty, that's a, a, just a, a brilliant film. Again, not overtly scary. It's disturbing. Mm. That's what it is. It's disturbing. Very disturbing. Uh, and then we come to this film, which, my word. Can I ask, have I got the right hat on for it? <sighs> yeah, probably. Did you wear it specifically? Hmm? Did you wear it specifically? No, but I'm quite happy I've got it on now. It's making me, it's made me have an idea for a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh, God. Right, this film, it terrified me when I saw it at the cinema. Me and my, oh, might as well say, well, it's Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Um, it terrified me at the cinema. Me and my friend went to see it. We used to go to the cinema every Wednesday because we had half a day at college. And we'd always come out at film and we'd, we'd be chatting, you know, we'd walk down to the bus stop. I'd get to mine first and he'd walk down to his. We saw this film and it had the most weird effect because we just walked off and didn't speak to each other the entire yeah. way. We didn't even say bye. You know, I just got to the bus stop and he walked off to his and then I went home and it was like silence. And it just scared the crap out of me. And to this day, if I watch that film, I cannot watch it at night. And I, if if I watch it at night, someone has to be with me. But I can watch it through the day. I can watch it through the day alone. That absolutely terrifies me. And I know it divides people. I know that there's there's people that are like me that adore it, and there's people that just see it as massively poor-faced and chin-stroking and all that kind of stuff. And I get both sides of it. I'm obviously on the loving it side. But I think it's because, and I have this effect with almost every found footage film, because it's like, it, it's real. My brain interprets it as real because it's found footage. And that film in particular is the daddy. It just is. And it's terrifying. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna like up it just one level. So me and my friend watched it. And if you're part of the pun, we watched it stoned. <laughs> and that, that that is a that's an experience and a half to, to just be a little bit high while you're watching it. I was hoping it would sort of 
sort of ease the scare, but it 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 did not. I remember we had to put something. We didn't go to sleep, so we we watched it. And we just kept watching other films afterwards to because we couldn't see. And I was like, I remember I need, it was when I lived in Halls of Residence and I went to my mate, I really need the loo right now when I go out because what if there's some, there's some stones outside the door? <laughs> and I was really like, it's a really good film. It's a really, really good film. It was all the marketing behind it as well. You know, this is going mm. back, so you've got to kind of, transport back to 1999 when the internet was still fairly new you know the mobile phones we had were like text messages and snake that yeah. was it um and there was i still up now you can still go on it i think it's a blairwitch.com i think oh, that's gosh. it and it's the original site and it takes days to load and it's really cheap and tacky but that's what they had up and it was like when the you know the the actors the three main acts in it they, they weren't allowed to be interviewed for something like six months afterwards yeah. because you know, they wanted to make out like they were missing. And it's like, yeah. you kind of knew they weren't real. Uh, the, the, yeah, they didn't, you know, it's not actual found footage. You kind of knew that, but not 100%. Yeah, it's a bit and, like Ghost Watch. Yeah, very much like Ghost Watch until the last 10 minutes, as we've discussed. <laughs> but, 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 you know, actually, I joke about that, but Blair Witch, it's the ending to it. I think that's it. It's just the, the so sudden. The, yeah, exactly. The shock of it. You go in and there's a bloke in corner. I can't remember. Is it Josh, was it? Is it facing corner? And then she goes, boom, that's it. Done. It's like, I've never seen a film end like that. But that's how it would end if it was yeah. a camcorder. Yeah. And that's just like, that's some freakish shit. I, yeah. you know, I, I could, this is just genuinely one of my favorite films of all time. Um, It'll make it into uh, a top 10 list, I'm sure, potentially, last week, next week, whatever. Um, but but it's just, oh, I mean, I absolutely adore it. And um, even uh, on the, I got the, the Blu-ray or whatever recently, like, and they had, like, alternate endings on there. And uh. apparently the first ending, um, I can't remember what it was now, but they did the first ending. And... They showed it at like festivals and stuff, and it didn't have the same effect. So they changed it to this mm. one. I don't think I'm getting mixed up. I might be getting that mixed up with Paranormal. Oh, no, it's a bit similar thing, but it went to Steven Spielberg, but another story. Um, but yeah, so they, they played it, it didn't have the same effect. So then they put this one in where, where uh, they are facing the corner, which is exactly, and I didn't speak this at the time, but that was the story they told earlier on. You know, like when they were interviewing the, the people at the start and the, the local residents, and one of them said mm. there, they used to make people standing in corner while they killed the other one. It's like, that's, oh man, it's just, it's brilliant. And, you know, the the, the mythology around it that's evolved about, you know, the, the some of the way, like you said, they did to Alan Rickman where they didn't tell them they were dropping him. Some yeah. of the stuff they did to them, but the mythology around that is like, now everyone just assumes that they did treat them like absolute shit, but they didn't. They were just cold, you know? Yeah. Anyway, I've gone off on a bit of a rant there. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's fine. I agree. It was... It- there's been quite a few genre busters for 1999 really it was a good it was a really good year for film it, it was i mean you look at them now all right i know they're not everyone's cup of tea but american beauty american pie blair witch project end of days fight club galaxy quest the matrix six cents star wars fucking star wars came back and stigmata and the ones i've left off right 10 things i hate about you the world is not enough which is bond late placid which is pure cheese but great fun the green mile deep blue sea eight millimeters which is i think the only nicholas cage film i actually like the bone collector which is brilliant thriller 
Wilson or um, Austin Powers, a spy who struck me, and The Mummy, which I was going to take <laughs> off. I love that film. I love, is it Brendan or Brandon? Brendan Fraser. So oh, good. I love, love him. Fraser. So then, so I'll just upset you then with the ones that aren't on your list but are on my list. Which ones were on your list first? Um, so I had Matrix, Blair Witch, Sixth Sense, Phantom Menace, and American Pie. Okay. Go on then. What, what, right. What's the remainder of your list? Um, so I've got Guest House Paradiso. Oh, I didn't, I didn't see that I'd come out. I didn't notice that. That's a, a great film. I love it. I think if you're a fan of the show, you tend to like the film. I do. It's, it's got a few drawbacks for me. Um, obviously, they, they call themselves um, Rick and Ed, don't they? They don't do Rich and Eddie. No, um, they do. He's called Eddie. He's definitely called Eddie. They they mess about with um, Rich's name. He's called Richard Twat, I think, or something. I'm going to have to go back and visit it. I'm not willing to commit to this, but I was sure that they, had, they couldn't call themselves the... Rich and Eddie, because it, it wasn't a BBC production. Potentially. Either way. So I, I seem to remember that bothering me a bit because it took me out of it. I do find that bottom works better with a laughter. Yeah. I know we've spoke before about, you know, learning when to laugh yourself rather than being told when to laugh. I do find that because their humour is so disturbing, <laughs> it's like when you're laughing by yourself, it's a bit like, oh, should I be? Should I be yeah. laughing at that? And then I think the only other thing with that film that, that – puts me off slightly is it's kind of got a genuine happy ending yeah and it's like they've never had a happy ending at least i don't yeah. i can recall i think they had all oh, the christmas special where they got to see the woman breastfeeding which i got very excited about but and so um, they they stop it being like top tier for me but yeah mm. still a really it's a funny film enjoyable film and just a write off yeah i liked it i had it on video and at the end of the video, it had the making of, and I used to absolutely love watching any kind of making of, and particularly with those two. And I can always remember it showed you like the outtakes, but there's a bit where he goes, candle in the eye. What? Candle in the eye. Like you are. <laughs> and it like just shows you like the putting the prosthetic eye and stuff. And I loved geeking out to that. So yeah, had that one. Um, right. So I've also got this year's love. Because although I included it for 1998, because I love that film so much, I thought, I'm going to watch it again. So I plunked into Google to see which of me subscription services it's going to be sat on. And it was just like, this year's love, 1999, 1999, 1999. And I was like, oh, flipping heck. So it wasn't 98, it's 99. And I love it so much. I'm just going to have it on both lists. Still haven't seen it. Uh, you're missing out. So the other one I've got is, this is where you start getting upset with me. I've got Big Daddy. Oh, I don't mind it. It's, it's Adam Sandler in it. It's amusing enough. I, I wouldn't have ever had it on my list, but no, it's all right. Uh, I'm not going to fall out of you over Big Daddy. Okay. Um, so then I've also got Muppets from Space. Oh, again, fair enough. Um, Gonzo is my favourite Muppet, um, and I had a Gonzo bag at sixth form school so um that's fun um yeah just really like i i really like that film i like the muppets in general <laughs> i was gonna say and i've dated a few muppets in my time as well terry during the 90s warren um warren the sporran 
<laughs> if we could get that trending in some way, that would absolutely make 17-year-old Emma very happy. I'd rather get um, Decapod trending if it's if it's all the same. <laughs> yeah, you make a good point. And then one, and this is the one that I know, that you've got two films written down that you like. I know they're on yours and I think they're shit. And I know that this film is one of the films you've marked as shit, but it is one of my all-time favourite romantic comedies and it is Notting Hill. Yes. What, what's good? What, what's what's good about Notting Hill? It's. I just think it's right. So I've got two reasons why I really like this. So I genuinely, genuinely, and I've got witnesses to this, I genuinely wrote this story before Notting Hill came out, but just with the genders reversal. I genuinely wrote a story when I was about 16 about a woman that goes and accidentally sleeps with a celebrity and then they have to have a relationship. I generally wrote it. I had a little scion um, handheld computer thing that it was written on. So Notting Hill came out. I was like, hey, that's like my idea. But I don't know. I like I like the bigness of it. I like I like its setting. So um, I love going to Notting Hill when I go to London. I think I'd always dreamt about maybe living somewhere like that. I always found London a really romantic place to live before I realised how expensive it is to sort of live there. I like you, Grant. I like all the things about putting little nicknames about him about he's got floppy hair. I like you, Grant. Okay, we just need to get past that. But I also really like Julia Roberts. I think she's really good in it. And I love um, Emma Chambers, who plays his sister. I've, and Risa Farns, he's great as the as the kind of really awkward flatmate who gets them into all sorts of trouble. I think it's genuinely funny. I don't know. I can. I mean, I can keep waffling on, but because I've, I can tell you're dying to crush my my dreams. So off you go. Let's fall out. I mean, I'm not going to crush your dreams. I'm not. I'm going to be a little bit more diplomatic. Because I think when we spoke about forward forwardings in a funeral, because I listened back to that the other day, because, I mean, it's tripe. But my issue is that I I think it's tripe. And I'm a bit quick to jump in and say it is tripe. Even though it is, I appreciate that's kind of an opinion. So maybe I'm a bit quick to jump in there. But it's fucking shit. Right, it's just though it's not very good. The whole film. Uh, I'm sorry to say this to you, right, but your book wasn't very good. Also, <gasps> sue them, sue them. If you've got the evidence and the witnesses, sue them. We can make money. Not, not like we would make money. Why is that but... not a good idea for a story? Well, maybe it was if it had been written differently. I didn't read your version, but the well, Notting Hill version, the version mine they had, did, your version a... might have been epic. It might have been aliens. It was. In Mine had mine had shower sex in it. Well, that would have stepped it up or not. It's been so interesting to watch, especially about Julia Roberts and it. I mean, like, I don't dislike Hugh. Like, you're making my hands go crazy talking about it now. I don't dislike <laughs> Hugh Grant, but I prefer Richard E. Grant. I like Julia Roberts. There's there's no problem with that. It's just, it's. I mean, the label of it, romantic comedy, I, I don't think it's comedy. I don't think there's anything amusing. And we've discussed my take on comedy before. I'll, it takes a lot to make me chuckle. And that film just doesn't. I don't find it funny. I, here's how I compare it, right? I like a lot of crap B-movie horrors that aren't very good. But I can accept them and I enjoy them because they're just fun. I get to see loads of teenagers get murdered in a variety of different ways and I get to see breasts. 
right? It's like win-win. You know, there's, it's just a really good, fun film. I don't think you can get that with romantic comedies. I think they even need to be really good or just not exist. I think it's one of those, it's, again, not maybe the romance, not so much, more the comedy. The comedy needs to hit or it's shit. I think that's how I feel with it. And it does not hit at all. For me, admittedly, and this is where I'm reading myself in slightly, it does not hit at all for not, you know, I, I, I cannot think of a single part of that film where I, A, wasn't bored, and B, laughed at any point. I just uh, find the whole thing dull. Right, so all I'm going to count with um, is there is a there's a genuinely really funny bit where they keep setting her up with people, and I absolutely love the girl that's a fruitarian and he's like what's that then we believe that you should only eat um plants or vegetables that have naturally fallen from the leaf from the tree and he goes oh and he, and he holds up a carrot goes so this carrot and she goes has been murdered and i just love that has been murdered and i love it and I, I do think I do think it's funny. I think there's bits with Risa Farns where he does his way, clenches his buttocks, nice tight buttocks like that. I, it's all character based, and I I like that. And I think it's it's probably a bit twonky because it's it's set in London and it's like oh look at us we live in Nykel, da, 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 da. But I like watching it because one day I like to imagine that somebody will do that zoom across London because they desperately need to tell me that they love me. And I like holding on to ideals like that, even as the bitter nearly 40 year old divorcee, I still want to hold on that there is somebody out there that might just like that or do what she does, or I might want to be like she does. And I might just want to be a girl stood in front of a boy telling that she loves him i want to believe in that again and films like that help me believe that that might exist see i have no problem with that i think that's a, a good thing to believe i am a boy and i want a woman to do that to me i'd be happy for anyone you've to do that wife. to me yeah, you've got a wife i'd be happy if she bobbed her head around on and again and said hello right but but it's like I, I get that i really really do and this is where i do feel and then maybe it's just me being harsh and again it's just my personality but i think that it's harder for comedies and to be fair romance again i use my genre of horror it's my favorite genre and it's like sometimes the crap ones can be good because of as i said when they're bad they're really bad there's some really shocking horror films out there, generally sequels, but whatever. The, <laughs> the, the second film to the Blair Witch Project was just pathetic, but whatever. Um, and the third one, to be fair, that was just any, whatever. I'm going off on a tangent. Um, but I feel like it, it's a genre that the, the, the romance and the comedy, especially when you put them both together, it's a genre that's really hard to get right. And I couldn't do it. I'm not saying like I could do it, but. And I'm racking my brain trying to think of one that I like and I'm struggling. So <laughs> the only one that springs to mind that isn't the best example is Pretty Woman. I really like that film. And I know you're not overly keen on it, but what we'll do is we'll we'll do somehow, whether it's special or whatever, we'll do the top 10 rom-coms and I will find my top 10 because I do like some. And I, I would almost clash. I know it's kind of musical, but I will clash Moulin Rouge as a bit of a rom-com. Yeah. And I think that is perfectly done. And I think... Part of it for me, actually, do you know what? This is probably quite telling. I'm, 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 I'm uh, psychologically analysing myself as I say this. I think it's the ending because the happy ending doesn't always do it for me because the happy ending for me does two things. One, it's like, you know, that won't happen. 
or two, it's like, well, what next? What next? Yeah. Because there's always it... something else. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm talking over you. There's one more thing I'm going to say on the uh-huh. subject, then I will throw the floor to you, because the thing that springs to my mind now, if you've never read The Dark Tower by Stephen King, stop listening or take a 30-second <laughs> break, because I'm about to do a ta- Dark Tower spoiler, right? Seven books of an epic fantasy series of my favourite sort of novel slash series of all time. Absolutely mind-bendingly brilliant, right? Basically, at the end of it, Stephen King, he finishes the story and it's a perfect ending. Then he does his author's note and he says, this is how I want to end the story. However, the publishers are making me do another chapter. I don't want you to read this chapter. Please don't read this chapter. But I have to do it. And it basically ends, I'm not going to spoil that shit, it basically ends the story a different way. It goes on to, because what next? And it adds that next bit, and it's horrible, and it's not nice. And I think that's the thing. When you get that happy ending, that's not the ending. There's, there's gonna, the next bit's going to go miserable. From the happiness, you've got to go to, no one says happy forever. So there's got to be, they don't, there's going to be a misery. Whereas when you end on the misery, the only way is to get happy afterwards. No, because sometimes we just, we just need the escapism. Yeah. That's where wrestling comes in. <laughs> yeah. Do they all fall in love? Often. Then they fall out again. <laughs> there's plenty of storylines where that happens. A billion chuck. Uh, once had a wedding uh, in the middle of the wedding ring. There's two men, two wrestlers, Billy and Chuck were getting married, and then uh, the vicar pulled off his mask. He was like, ah, I'm really Eric Bischoff. I'm not really a vicar. Ha. You promised me there'd be no more wrestling. I, I never... Oh, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I managed to get two in this show. I know. Uh, right, any final thoughts? On Notting Hill? Or Notting Hill or 999? Oh, have you done all of them? Yeah, we had oh. quite a lot of crossover. No, I, I there's there's one that I maybe it's the wrong year, but I'm so I, I thought you'd have put in Lockstock. I included it for '98. Whether oh, okay. or not that was a mistake, we do not know. Okay, um, I thought that that was the other one you'd put in. Maybe I got mixed up. Snatch. No, Snatch isn't till 2001, I think. There we go. Um, no, that that's it for 1999 for me. It's uh, it was a. Uh, a really fun year. Uh, I really enjoyed the the music, uh, and I always find it the you know the number of songs or TV shows what I have to leave out is is always really telling. I didn't have a problem getting my top ten for a uh, top ten um, TV shows this year. I didn't have a problem getting them, but it wasn't a, like a massive list I had to reduce down. The songs I found really difficult, uh, but again, I just found it fascinating that that. You had one list now; they're completely different, and I think it's really apt to the end because the music has been the biggest variety. Yeah, you know, even with the 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 films, there has been some crossover there. You know, I've put some of the the more the romance or the comedy on there now and again, and you've put some of the horror. Even today, you got the Blair Witch on. You know, it's <laughs> there's more crossover than I think we give each other credit for. Um, and the TVs, it is what it is. But I just thought it was a. A really, really fun year. And I think, I'm not saying it's as good as 97 or as good as 95, but I think it holds its own with them. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd absolutely, like, particularly film-wise. Yes, 100% with a film. Probably the best year for film, probably. I think 
Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Right, shall I wrap it up? Just before you do, I'm just going to mention two things. Uh, firstly, uh, if you are listening, uh, make sure, because again, we never do this. So if you are listening, make sure you click subscribe so it drops into your feed. Also, here's what I'd like you to do. <laughs> if you've listened to all 10 episodes from 1999, what I want you to do is I want you to pick your favourite and I want you to share it. Whether you share it on Twitter, on Instagram, on, on Facebook, whatever, just pick your favourite. Tag me or Emma in it, or both of us, you know, if you're feeling fruity. And throw it out there and tell us why that is your favourite. That would be awesome. Also... Um, we have got a very, very special show coming up soon where we are basically trying to compile our top 10 of the 90s. And basically, Emma will have her top 10 and her favourite sidekick will have his top 10. <laughs> and we are going to try and merge them to make one top 10. And this is going to be... We haven't done this yet. This is going to be very much fun because we're not trying to say five of one and five of the other. It could be seven three, or it could be a whitewash and ten nil. <laughs> but I would suggest that you're probably tuning for that one. That one's uh, probably going to get a little bit spicy. It's going to be really spicy. Um, I was supposed to remind you about reviews. Reviews. So we've got a couple of reviews. They didn't put these on Apple um, because they didn't have an Apple device, so they've just sent them to us other way. So we've got, uh, this one is from Ian Blakeman, who says, hey dude, I do, I can't say dude and pull it off, but I'm going to attend it, because it says, it. hey dude, I do love the show, it's this wonderful nostalgic journey, reminding me of a childhood I thought I disliked, but actually got some lovely memories of. How nice oh, is that? That's, that's really, really good. So I can't give you a five-star review, because I don't have Apple anymore after being royally screwed over by them, so here is your five-star review, also, I love the chemistry between you and Emma. I don't know if anyone has said this, but I could imagine you both doing a radio show together. I like this. Yeah. If there are any radio stations listening, we're available. Emma and Sidekick. <laughs> and, uh, and this one was from uh, Matt Bennett, which is... No mention of two princes by the spin doctors in 91. Shit houses the pair of you. The best comment ever. Yeah. So a couple of reviews to finish up on there. That's lovely. Uh, right, I shall do a very a very brief roundup. So 1999 brings us to the end of um, the 90s. And what did we have? So we've said it's a mighty year. So lots of music ranging from Robbie Williams, Alice DJ, uh, Will Smith, and then Madness also in there. And because we've got no crossover, I've got no Terry references apart from perhaps an S. S Club song. Uh, then on TV, an unfortunate death in the form of Al from Coronation Street, but really strong for comedy with things like Smack the Pony, League of Gentlemen, Spaced, and we're all sort of rocking our hangovers, watching Shipwrecked and T4. And then film-wise, just the, the year for sort of genre-busting films. So we've got Blair Witch, we've got Sixth Sense bringing in the twist, we've got Matrix with its wobbly bullets, and then we've also got The Phantom Menace bringing Star Wars back to the cinemas. And this year's love, if you missed it at 98, check it out for 99. Well done. Well done, Terry. We got there. I remember to check your balls and check your breasts. I think 
I probably should say this for sure, but I've got a feeling that we might fall out at the end of this show. <laughs> I oh. reckon because I've noted on my films, I've put two films, I've just put, they're not on my list, but I've just put hate next to them <laughs> because I thought I bet they're on your list. Two films I know. Are... I already know what one of those films will be and it is on my list. Okay. So we'll have to try not to fall out then. Yeah? That's fine.